is taking calls on the wild card line at 702-727-1295. That's 702-727-1295. First-time callers can reach Art Bell at 702-727-1222. 702-727-1222. Now, here again, Art Bell. Once again, here I am. It's a very, very interesting morning. Water discovered on the moon. On the moon. Lake-sized water, maybe 100 feet deep on the moon. The Pentagon will be announcing that later today. The Mars probe did not launch. Something went afoul with the computer. The launch now scheduled for 24 hours, uh, roughly, uh, minus a few moments from the time it should have launched this morning. We'll be covering that. In a moment... Uh, well, let me read you a little bit of a fax that I've got here. Actually, email from Dr. Lee Chargell. Last week, Art, one of my colleagues was able to obtain 17 classified photos of Hale-Bopp. I can't reveal his name, nor the method used to extract these photos or others which have come into our possession. Suffice it to say, the photos of the comet show a distinct object causing a disturbance uh, in the in the tail, this object was only visible for several hours due to the azimuth angle of the comet and the declination of the sun. The photos are authentic and very, very clear. No fuzzy detail at all. Whatever this object is, and no one seems to want to come out and say for sure, it is either trapped in the comet's gravity field or, yup, it is a probe or craft built by some intelligence we have yet to determine. Either way, if you would like copies for posting or adding to the speculation, please call me, and he gives me contact numbers, and I have done that, and he'll be on the air in a moment, or a couple of moments. It's Christmas comes. Now, um, all the way, I believe, back east, Dr. Lee Chargell. Uh, doctor, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right. Where where are you located? I'm located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh, my. Well, thank you for uh, uh, getting up at this hour. It's, <laughs> yes, and it's late. <laughs> yeah, it's after 4 o'clock in the morning in Fort Lauderdale. Um, would you fill us in, please, first on your background? You have a doctorate um, in what? Yeah, I have a doctorate in material science and also uh, in robotics. Uh, that's primarily what I worked in. Uh, I worked for uh, NASA and the Department of Defense for over 20 years until I left to become a full-time author and lecturer and uh, when I formed the Galactic Observer Foundation as the uh, more or less frontman scientists for a group of other scientists that are still uh, employed by those various agencies. Mm -hmm. And where are, where are your doctorates from? Uh, Northeastern University. All right. Uh, very good. So you, uh, you work for NASA, you work for the government, and uh, you finally got out. Uh, how long ago did that occur? 1993. 1993. Oh, so your your employment uh, at NASA and the government's fairly recent then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, we are really undergoing what I would call a flap, and I mean a flap. Uh, I aired quite a bit of material, um, a doctor, about Hale-Bopp the comet, and I'm right in the middle of a whirlwind of controversy. I have from I can't tell you how many sources now. Um, word privately from astronomers that, oh, yes, oh, yes, we are indeed imaging something very unusual from Hale-Bopp, but nobody 
We're wants... doing something a lot more than imaging. Well, nobody wants to stick their neck out, doctor. Well, I'm sticking my neck out because I predicted this three years ago when I first wrote my book, Voice in the Mirror. And exactly what I wrote about is exactly what's happening right now. And what, what did you write about? I wrote about the an event that would take place very far from here. And just today uh, in the news, it was reported by uh, several scientists uh, who, now who now are saying that the uh, cause for the extinction of the dinosaurs was uh, by a large radiation pulse from a neutron star that passed through our solar system. Let me explain. All right, please. Inside Hale-Bopp is a probe, and that probe is sending a signal here to Earth, and it's been sending signals to other planets, too. All right, let me stop you and say I've also received uh, independent word uh, two, two important things. One is an astronomer has taken photographs uh, clearly showing Hale-Bopp at one of the major top ten universities. Two, that they have received what appears to be an intelligent radio signal they're trying to decode now from Hale-Bopp or, or the object near it or something out there. There's a signal coming from it. You confirm that? Not only do I confirm it, but I also confirm that it's already been decoded. And it's not a voice signal. The signals are mathematical symbols that make up pictures. And they keep repeating 72 pictures over and over again. Really? Yes. And um, these pictures are this. One of the pictures is a picture of our solar system. Another picture is a picture of another solar system. Other pictures are probably what our other solar system, the trajectory of this probe, and other symbols which we cannot understand yet. But these pictures keep repeating over and over again. Two things. Do you, a a uh, greeting uh, uh, and a warning. A greeting and a warning. Yes. And that's exactly what I wrote about in 1993. My book, Voice in the Mirror, The Final Apocalypse, details exactly what's happening right now. A voice and a warning. Can you give us the substance of these? Do you know? Yes, I do. The greeting is from a civilization that's not too far from here in astronomical terms. They're approximately 27 light years from this planet. The warning is in reference to a neutron pulse that is cascading through the galaxy. And it's going to come in the vicinity of this planet. And we have to do something, and they're going to help us do it, to prevent uh, the excessive amount of radiation from penetrating our atmosphere. Wow, Just like what happened to the dinosaurs. This is and a new take. today in the news. Yeah, this is certainly a new take on everything. Now, um, you claim to and have... HARP is going to play an important role in this. What is? HARP. HARP. Uh, last week, uh, you say in your facts, you obtained 17 classified photos of Hale-Bopp. Yes. You can't tell us where you got them? No, I can't tell you where they came from. And what do they show? They show very, very clear pictures taken over several hours of the comet. And as it's uh, it's kind of hard to explain over the telephone, but let me just say this. Do the best you can. If anybody has ever seen the HST uh, PRC-95-41 photo taken on October 5th, 1995, there is two definite objects in that, in that Hubble picture. And that's because the Hubble was looking at it dead on. Is that the one that they call Hale-Bopp's eyes? Yes. 
Oh, I've, what, I've seen what it. they're seeing is the tail passing over that object. Now, another important thing to consider, and everybody's talking about this ice that's been recently found on on the moon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be have a, to remember. Going to be the source of a news conference by the yeah, Pentagon. How was today. that ice found? With the Clementine probe. That's correct. And that was a classified probe. There's another one out there correct called again. Star Mapper. Nobody knows about that one. Uh, even I, I don't know about that one. Nobody does. Well, I'm, just, I'm saying nobody, nobody in the public domain knows about it. That's another satellite that's taking some very interesting pictures out there. Of? Of Hale-Bopp and some other things. Well, let me tell you something else uh, to add to the, the mystery. As you know, the shuttle is up right now, and right. they have extended the shuttle's mission by one day. Right. Now, they've done this at a moment when the shuttle door won't even open. In other words, they're very worried about that. They don't want anybody going outside. They have nevertheless, they have nevertheless extended the mission one day with a satellite outside and from the sources, I'm, I'm getting from a lot of sources that the reason they're doing this is get this, to get more images of guess what? Hail Bob. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that uh, the door doesn't open? It's always open before. I know. It's very curious that they don't want them to go outside. So why do you think that might be? Well, it's very possible that right now would be it would be hazardous to their health to be outside of the shuttle. Well, I know that there are certainly dangers if there's a sun flare. But right. I, I don't think that's what you're talking about. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But just think if that if there was uh, let me put it to this way. Right now there's a project being undertaken by MIT, Caltech, and the NSF called LIGO. It's the Laser Interferometer Gravitational Observatory. What is that? Uh, I'm also uh, consulting on that. What is it? It's uh, a giant laser to detect gravity waves. Now, I first wrote about gravity waves in 1991, and that's also in my book. Now, these gravity waves pass very close to the planet Earth. Now, if you can imagine dropping a stone in a pond and the rings that emanate from that area where it enters the water. Of course. Okay. Well, if there was no shoreline, those rings would just continue on to infinity. Right. Okay. Now, imagine the same thing happening in outer space. Giant waves of gravity traveling through space. That, I can imagine that. Okay. Now, imagine... If you say were, you were a surfer, a galactic surfer, and you had a ship like a surfboard and you got it into that wave on the crest of it, mm -hmm. it would push you along much faster than if you were traveling under, under normal propulsion. Understandable. Okay. Now, there is, I predict that there's a gravity wave passing through the vicinity of the Earth right now. And you think that's why they won't let them go out? Yes, because that gravity wave is pushing very, very high amounts of radiation ahead of it. So you don't think a thing's wrong with that door? No. When they get back, it'll it'll work fine. These images that you have of Hale-Bopp, they show a companion? Yes, they do. They show a definite object in the tail. Can you uh, make estimates, uh, Doctor, of how large this companion is? At, at this time right now, I, I have not uh, myself nor have my colleagues completed an analysis to determine exactly how big it is. Well, one thing is clear, Doctor, and that is that 
um, um, astronomical circles are absolutely buzzing. I mean, absolutely buzzing, uh, but all below the surface. In other words, nobody's willing to come forward so far with the exception of yourself. Well, I don't think that there's any reason for anybody to be fearful. The sky is not going to fall, and it right. won't be the end of the world. Right. I do believe that the message that is being broadcast from this object is very similar to what we put on the Voyager, which went out of our solar system. It's just somebody doing it in reverse. Can you tell me anything about the frequency that this message is uh, incoming on? Uh, not being a communications engineer, I'm not that familiar with it, but it's a very, very high frequency, and I think it's somewhere in the K-something band. KU band, maybe? Possibly that. I'm, gonna, I'm going to find out tomorrow, and I'm going to let you know. But it's a very, very high frequency, and they are able to interpolate this signal so that they can uh, use it to digitize it into the images that they're projecting. Right, which you, you say are mathematical in nature. Right. And which carry a message and a warning. It's carrying a message and a warning. It's a message of greeting to us and obviously to other planets where there must be other inhabitants and a warning that this pulse is passing through uh, the galaxy and will probably come through this solar system. Doctor, um, hardly anybody else is willing to stick their neck out, uh, but you are. Why? Because I want people to know. I think it's important for, for people to understand this and not not for it to be a secret. I'm just, myself and my colleagues are so tired of us uh, living under this uh, so-called threat of secrecy and that we are the only intelligence in the entire universe. This is not true. We are not. We need to We need to reach out to whoever is out there because they're reaching out to us. But we have to do it without fear. Well... That brings me to another topic. Uh, whatever this is, headed our way, um, I don't think that our military community, uh, which is a big portion of the government, is going to react to it the way we would hope they would. I, I'm afraid they're going to react to it in the wrong way. Is that, is that a reasonable fear? It's a reasonable fear, but it will have no effect. Meaning it's, it's it's all it's expected exactly what they will do, but it will have no effect. They won't. Our military will not will be powerless to do anything other than express their fear, uh, do a military dance, and that'll be all. Mm -hmm. But they will be ineffective in trying to do anything because this is not going to do anything to us. Well, I guess what I'm saying is um, I saw ID four. Everybody else did. Uh, if something's coming our way, I wouldn't want there to be an automatic negative uh, reaction. In other words, I don't want to go to war with somebody who hasn't declared they want to go to war with me. Neither do I, and neither do my colleagues. And from what we understand, whoever is out there, and we pretty have a pretty good guess who they are, and that's in my book too, uh, they have been here before. And they have been watching over this planet and others for a very, very long time. They have been here before? Yes. When? 4,000 years ago. 4,000 years. And why were they here then? 
They were here then uh, because there were others here who didn't belong here. And they would have upset the normal progression of our civilization. There are a lot of people listening to this right now who are going to say, Dr. Chargell, you're out of your mind. How do you know all this stuff? We don't have enough time for me to go into how I know it. Uh, suffice to say, it doesn't matter if people believe it or not. The, the proof will, it, it will prove itself. I'm not going to prove it. Well, I must say, the, the photographs of the companion, the object, whatever the hell it is out there, seem rather clear. And you claim you've got, uh, I have 17 of them. It's very clear. Photographs. It's very clear that there's an object there. It's not clear what it is. Right. Other than that, it is an object. It looks like a globe. It may possibly be transparent or have the ability to be transparent, mm -hmm. but it is reflecting light, and it's also absorbing light. Now, you're, you're saying the exact same things that so many others have. And it's also clear to you that there is an incoming signal with a specific message, which we haven't heard before, um, a greeting and a warning. That's correct. That's all new information. It's coming in a mathematical sequence that you believe is broadcast somewhere near the KU band. Or Right. Is that a very high band? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, well, that's where it's being broadcast, from a very, very high band. Uh, interestingly, uh, the, the KU band is exactly where the satellite dish outside my home is transmitting right now to get the signal around the country to the various uh, affiliates, KU band. Well, you might just get another signal. And the only problem is <laughs> all you're going to hear is just... A, a, a bunch of beeps and squeals. All right, look, you doctor, have to be able to translate it. I want you to be able to take some calls, some questions from the audience. Are you willing to do that? Yes, I am. But I also wanted to mention uh, uh, that this information is all contained in my book. All right, we'll we'll get to your book uh, after the break here and tell okay. people how to get hold of it. Stand by, Lee Shargo, doctor, is my guest, and he'll be back in a moment. I don't know. What do you make out of all this, folks? How many sources do you have to hear from bringing roughly the same message before you begin to wonder, well, gee, could it possibly be true? I'm Art Bell, and this is CBC. of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies at 1-800-825-5033. 1-800-825-5033. This is the CBC Radio Network. It is indeed, and uh, how could a person not follow this story? I guess that's what I would ask. With all of these different sources seemingly disconnected but saying the same thing, how could a person not follow it, I wonder? All right, um, we're going to get back to Dr. Shargell in just a moment. Right now, let me talk to you about something in very, very limited quantity. All right? 
It's the Beijing Radio, and everybody wants to snap one of these up for Christmas. Well, you better get on the stick, I'm telling you right now, because quantity is very limited. This is for shipment on Thursday. All right, this is for an incoming shipment that is, is not even here yet. We'll be here on Thursday. That's how rare it's beginning to get. The Beijing Radio from South Africa with old world craftsmanship. Well, there's nothing like it anywhere. It's built like a battleship, 14 inches wide, 10 inches high, 6 inches deep, weighs 7 pounds, covers AM, FM, and short wave, and doesn't use batteries, doesn't use uh, any sort of external power, and so you ask yourself, how does it even operate? Well, it's got the Bayless Clockwork Generator internally, and uh, it's a, actually a crank on the side, and you turn it for one minute. One minute, and you get 35 to 40 minutes of airplay, radio play, on AM, FM, and shortwave with great audio. I mean, it's just, it's an astounding radio. It makes the most astounding Christmas present. The price is going to go up. The stock is going to dry up. So you've got to get moving on it now. It's called Beijing Free Play AM-FM Shortwave Radio. And right now, it's $109.95, $109.95. And that includes the shipping to get it to your house. But if you want it for Christmas, you can't wait. Call Bob Crane in the morning at 7.30 a.m. and get one for shipment on Thursday, or you may not get one. The number is 1-800-522-8863. one 800 522-8863. Is real levitation possible? Well, boy, have I got something for you. You bet it's possible. A toy, not just any toy, but possibly the most incredible toy ever invented. The Levitron Anti-Gravity Top, called by the American Association of Physics Teachers, the best new science toy in a generation. The Levitron uses no batteries, no electricity, but it can achieve up to five minutes of sustained levitation per spin using only permanent magnets, something they said couldn't be done. It's been called a challenge to master and a miracle to behold. I can attest to the first part. You judge the second for yourself. Because I've got a picture of the top levitating now on my webpage. The Levitron is sold elsewhere for $50, but you can order it here and now for just 35 plus. $5 shipping and handling. And by the way, it comes with an exclusive 24-minute instructional video. Call 1-800-275-2877. Your money back. I said your money back if it's not the most amazing combination, puzzle, game, science, object you've ever seen. To order your Levitron, call now 1-800-275-2877. Seven, seven. My guest is Dr. Lee Chargell. He wrote a book years ago about all of this. Uh, how many years ago did you write that book? I actually wrote the book. I began writing it in 1991. I finished it in 1993 and rewrote it again and finished it last year, and it'll be out uh, on March 1st of 1997. Oh, so uh, if a person wanted your book right now, if they want it right now, they can get a, a, uh, the publisher is printing 5,000 special editions, uh, that will be available through direct mail before they go to the bookstores. Uh, and they can get it by calling 
the publisher at one eight 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 order it o r d e r i t oh that's a good number one eight 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 order it huh right. uh, and um the 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 title of your book is voice in the mirror the final apocalypse voice in the mirror the final apocalypse wow all right um how much is it uh if they order it through the publisher it's twenty dollars it's a hardcover book if they wait for it to be in the bookstores March 1st, it'll be $24. And I'll be embarking on a coast-to-coast -coast book tour uh, and lecture tour uh, starting in um, uh, uh, the end of February, March. But I will be a guest speaker at the UFO Congress in Laughlin, Nevada uh, on January 22nd. All right. Where I will uh, reveal... A lot more information, uh, plus have all the photos and slides to show everyone. Anybody that wants to be there will be able to see this up close and personal. All right, listen, Doctor. Uh, you're going to get these photographs to me, correct? Yes. What I'm going to do tomorrow is I'm going to go up to the university and uh, take photos of the photos, blow them up, and send them to you the following day, which will be Wednesday. You will have them on Thursday. All right. Good enough. Uh, you know, we'll get them up on the web, and uh, that's okay with you, right? That's fine. And the get them in our newsletter. The more people that see it, the more people will know. Yeah. All right. Let's take a few calls from the audience. Uh, first time caller line, you're on the air with Dr. Lee Shargell. Hi. Hi. Um, doctor, I would like to know, um, from the descriptions we've had up to this point... You're going to have to speak up, hon. It's kind of hard to hear you. Uh, just sorry. go ahead and ask your question. Oh, yes. I'd like to know um, if this... Uh, what do you call it, anomaly? Or the twin or the companion? Companion or anomaly, whatever. Yeah, to hail Bob. Yes, um, perhaps that anomaly is, um, keeping hail Bob from hurting Earth. Well, it's, uh, I believe not projected to hit Earth anyway. It's gonna be, what, the closest approach 123 million miles or something like that. Right. In astronomical terms, it's close, but in actuality, it's going to be very far away. Mm -hmm. But um, not too far for uh, a signal to reach up. God, that's exciting. All right. Uh, Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Dr. Shergell. Hello. Hi, Art. Hi, uh, Dr. Shergell. How are you? Fine, thank you. Um, some of the research that you've been doing, uh, do you have any uh, background in physics? In physics itself? Yeah. No, uh, well, it's some, but not much. Okay. I was uh, curious if you thought that uh, there will be a quickening, as Rod puts it, uh, very soon, within a half a year or so, where uh, the uh, weather patterns will change very abruptly and possibly due to something other than the Hale-Bob companion. Do you believe that? Well, What's your view? I, I believe in something that I call the awakening. And I believe that it's going to affect a lot of people on this planet, but it won't affect the planet itself. All right. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Shargell. Hi. Good morning, Art. Carl in, Min in Minneapolis. Hi, Carl. Uh, I'd first like to thank you. You do a great service, and i just like to thank you. Um, thank you. Sir, as far as the uh, anomaly, do you think it could be like a rudder? I understand that. I know that the lady asked you that, but, you know. It could be, or maybe riding along with the coattails of the thing, like, as you said, with the ripple effect of the gravity going through space, it could be coming with the comet, and that's why it's coming 
No, this is definitely uh, an object that has been built by an intelligence. Okay, about uh, the discrimination now against all the people like Richard Hoagland, uh, Chuck, uh, Bell. I want to know, what are the people who don't believe anything is going on right now, what are they going to do when they find out it really is happening? They're going to believe it. They're going to call Art Bell. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> All right, thank you. Or uh, what? what's going to happen when nothing happens? And that's that's possible. I have to allow that's possible. Uh, look, I'm just a talk show host. But I have, I don't know how many people now, like you, uh, Doctor, uh, who are saying the things that you're saying, and I just can't ignore it. Plus, I've got this hard data that's beginning to come from the astronomical community. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say hard data until I really get it. Uh, your photographs included, but I've got all of these astronomers who are quietly saying, oh, yeah, something's going on, this, this, but, oh, no, we don't want to talk about it yet. This, well, a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they don't, a lot of people right now in the scientific community are, are sitting on a fence. They don't want to come out and say definitively what they believe it is because if it turns out not to be that, they're afraid that they're going to look like... They're going to uh, be hung out to dry. Exactly. Uh, but something is there. We all know that something's there. We're already receiving something from it. We have no way to communicate back as of yet, but I believe that we will find a way to communicate back to this thing, and it's going to pass us and just keep traveling on. But the message that it delivers is something we must listen to. We cannot ignore it. All right. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Shargell. Hi. Oh, hello, Art. Hello. Uh, it's really a pleasure talking with you. You're the the greatest talk show host ever, as far as uh, I'm concerned. I don't know about that. Well, thank I you. Do. Well, anyway, uh, I have a couple questions, Doctor. First one, this is just more directed to Art than to you, Doctor. Do you believe with the thing that's happening on the 5th of December in Egypt may give us an opportunity to communicate with this uh, interstellar craft that's hanging out up there? Uh, that's, that's a possibility. Purely speculative, sir. I have no idea. Okay. Now you said that uh, the communication on this thing is on the K band. And your satellite dish that you get your signals back and forth so that you can communicate with all the different uh, affiliates. Well, uh, no, let me be specific. The link that I have from here to Oregon, as mm -hmm. well as the link from Oregon to New Jersey, is on the KU band. Okay, why why can't they why if they're if they've been able to come from one galaxy to another interdimensionally in a craft that's so sophisticated? Why couldn't they communicate on that same band so you could communicate and we could ask questions and we could figure out what's going on? <laughs> it shouldn't be that, that difficult. Well, it would um, be like trying to talk to an answering machine. Yeah, that's that's it exactly. Uh, that's it exactly. And uh, right now, uh, the band that I'm on is occupied, sir, both coming and going. So what I receive, I get from the network, and what I transmit, I transmit to the network. It's it's like an occupied line. But it's in that KU band of frequencies. I see. All right. Well, just, just an idea. And I want to ask you one last question before I hang up our bell. This sure. is really important. Sure. Okay. You know, like how on uh, different uh, programs like the music awards, they give the Tonys and they give the Emmys for motion pictures. Mm. Is there any, any kind of a thing that we could write into for an award so we can vote for our favorite uh, talk show radio host? <laughs> Not that I know of, sir, but I appreciate the vote of confidence. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's bad enough that there's a new movie out, Doctor, uh, called Mars Attacks. Yeah. Uh, it's a 
I guess, a parody of uh, the old Mars Attacks movie. The old top baseball card. Yeah, that's right. And guess uh, where they the attack? Mars Attacks card. You know, they, you know where they attack? Pahrump, Nevada. <laughs> now, calculate the odds of that one. Little Pahrump, Nevada. I mean, recently bloomed to 20,000 people. Of all the places they could choose in the whole United States, Pahrump, Nevada. <laughs> Impossible. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Shargell. Hi. Hello, Burlington, Vermont calling. Yes, sir. Uh, you mentioned HARP. I would uh, like to know if you could expand upon what HARP has to do with the uh, coming Good. communication. Good. Good question. Yep. There are two things that we need to know about, HARP being one. The other one is a system called Saranet. What is that? Saranet is a highly classified installation in Antarctica. HARP and Saranet will both link together, and they will create a shield around this entire planet. And it is something good, not bad. HARP is not a bad thing. Oh uh, well, not if it not if it becomes a shield. Harp is ostensibly uh, something to heat the ionosphere, an ionospheric heater. And they they say the two reasons for it, which may be pure baloney, who knows, are to study radio communications, right, and to map underground tunnels and bunkers of all things. That sounds pretty far fetched to me. Well, it did to me too. In order to get underground, to get enough radiation underground after coming off the ionosphere, you would have to penetrate everything above ground, like people. <laughs> it's all exactly. the things walked around. It would be earth. like living in a giant microwave. Yeah, it's it's all very interesting. All right, uh, first time caller, you're on the air with Doctor Shargell. Hi. Hi, this is uh, David in Las Vegas. Hello, David. Hi. Um friend of uh, Madam Midnight's, by the way, for the Midnight Gamblers. Oh, on KBEG, of course. Yeah, a personal friend of hers. Um, I've been listening to you for quite a while, and I, I have to tell you that, that I've had a mixed bag of emotions the, the last uh, week or two. Well, that makes two of us. Don't I, think I, I haven't had a mixed bag of emotions, too, over all this. I can imagine. I mean, it's for me, it's excitement. It's fear. It's uh, I was shaking, actually, the first time you started it. I was terrified uh, when I first started hearing all this information. I, I was shaking and, and, uh, uncontrollably. Um, and then I, I, when they mentioned that this object may be hollow and this other information I've been hearing, I'm, I get this feeling for some reason that, that if all this is true about actually protecting us, that maybe this... Um, this object would actually encompass the Earth or surround it. It seems so large that 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 it would uh, protect us from whatever would be heading our way, possibly. What do you feel about that? Well, in a way, it is uh, Very on, good a, analogy. on a mission of protection, right, Doctor? Absolutely. Um, I, I guess I can only say to my audience, look, um, what would you do if you were in my position, getting all this information, all these different sources? Would you not report on it? Would you keep it under your hat? East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Shargell. Hi. Hi. I'm calling from Duluth, Minnesota, listening to W. First-time callers call area 702-727-1222. Chumps or chums, we're not sure yet. Uh, uh, what, what, what is your first name, sir? Uh, Will. Will, okay. Calling right. from Duluth, Minnesota. Right. And I do have a doctorate in molecular genetics. I am, and this is a fact, the first person to write in black and white, that was my doctoral thesis, the molecular genetic mechanism for production of variability in the light and heavy chains of immune globulins. I did this in the 60s. And that's how we fight 
viruses and bacteria. But a number of us, a reasonable large number of we the people, some of us occasional listeners too, and participants on various radio and TV talk shows are beginning to raise a very important question. Is all this mysterious object with Hail Bob Hail Bipe? That's Hail Bop, sir, B O P P. Okay, thank you for correcting me. I apologize. All this hype being done for a sinister, evil purpose. Like what? And are some of us, including Hovland and yourself, a nice gentleman, allegedly possibly being used in an allegedly possible sinister attempt to a hidden agenda to do what? By the head of the America's new secret police, the Bureau of Alcohol, Firearms and Tobacco. Well, I would say this would be a pretty big target for ATF. <laughs> a secret plot of ATF, huh? Yeah. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Shargell. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. Um, I'm calling from New Haven, Connecticut. Well, good morning. Good morning to you and to you both. Um, I was just wondering about the um, crop circle, if they could be also giving the same message as the doctor was... Oh, actually, that's that, in a way, that's a very, very good question. Uh, doctor, the crop circle phenomenon, it can all be Doug and Dave. Uh, you say the message coming from this object is mathematical in nature, and a lot of people have looked at crop circles and have seen them as mathematical messages. Uh, any comments? Well, my only comment right now would be that we haven't had the opportunity yet to compare the images from Hale Bob to uh, certain crop circle images, but I'm certain that it will be done very soon to see if there's any correlation between crop circles that have appeared uh, recently and in the past where that is in the public domain. The word I've been getting is fractal. People have called them fractal. Fractal images. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, the only thing I can say is that uh, I'm sure that they're going to be compared uh, mathematically to see if there is a correlation between one image and the other. Perhaps they're, uh, they are they may be very close. I don't know. All right. Uh, wild card line, you're on the air with Dr. Shargell. Uh, good morning. Hey, Jonathan, California. Yes, good morning. I'd like to know what a neutron pulse is and exactly what it will do. All right, good question. What is a neutron pulse and uh, what will it do? A neutron pulse is the uh, result of an exploding supernova or the destruction of a star, a neutron star. The pulse is the radiation that emanates from the destruction of the star, and it emanates throughout space. Kind of, uh, kind of like a rock thrown in the middle of a pond. Does that right. help you, caller? No. Does no. it emanate on a specific vibrational pattern? On a vibrational pattern? Yes. Does it vibrate specifically like certain frequencies of radio waves? I does it have a noticeable pattern. Oh, yes, it does have a noticeable pattern. Ah. Okay. And the way that it spreads out, it doesn't spread out like a, like a cloud would spread. Mm -hmm. It spreads out more like the rings of Saturn would spread. Mm. In a, in a, in a very flattened trajectory. All right. That, but it gets larger and larger and larger the farther it, it travels. Yeah, I think the best analogy is the rock thrown out in the middle of a pond. Right. It Everybody just goes on forever. Uh-huh. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Shargell. Hello. Hi, this is uh, John Douglas. Oh. Oops, nope, don't give us your last name. From uh, Vancouver Island? Yes, John. 
Is uh, your guess saying that uh, the dinosaur's extinction is like a result from uh, this radiation wave? I think so. Doctor? Yes, that's what we believe, that it was the result of a large pulse of radiation uh, passing uh, over and through the Earth, uh, which caused the extinction of the dinosaurs. It was, in, in essence, they all were fried. But uh, wouldn't it, like, affect smaller species, like like amphibians well, and... It would only ex- uh, it would affect primarily species on the surface. Most of the smaller species hide underground or underwater or underwater, and they're primarily nocturnal. And oh, okay. uh, I'm sure that this didn't happen in one day. This happened over a, a long period of time. Is and it, the radiation it, level built up uh, and became stronger and stronger and stronger. And uh, the result was probably that the dinosaurs couldn't reproduce. Could um is this like is this radiation wave? How many times does it hit the Earth? How many times does it hit the Earth? Yeah, has it hit? Maybe it hasn't hit the Earth yet. No, he meant uh, uh, the the dinosaur extinction that you talked about. Oh, that was it's it's, uh, to our knowledge, it's only happened that one time. Oh, okay. And I have a second question about Mars. At least seventy million years ago. All right, your second question is. About Mars, I was understood that it uh, couldn't be terraformed because there's no tectonic shifting. Uh, well, I, I, you're off onto a different track there, caller. Listen, uh, Dr. Chagall, you want to stick around one more hour? Sure. I'm sure there are a lot of people. Uh, the lines are absolutely jammed, so stay I'm right. This one, I'm up for the long haul. <laughs> uh, down in WFTL country, that's where we're heard in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. WFTL? WFTL in Fort Lauderdale, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I've been trying to find out where you are broadcasting. I just told you. WFTL in Fort Lauderdale. Well, now I can listen. All right. Now you can indeed. All right. We're going to break here uh, for more. We're going to do another hour with Dr. Leah Shargell. Interesting or what? You're listening to the CBC Radio Network. (laughs) 